but it's all day. The Talk, my credo podcast. Turn this up. Yo, what is going on, everybody? We are back in this thing. Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo Podcast. I'm your boy Dante here with my fam in the building. Peace, y'all. What's going on, man? What's going on? Man, nothing, nothing, nothing. Same old, same old. You know what it is. Uh, you know, uh, ministry, pretty much taking care of these babies and um, trying to make sure that everything is in place for them because, you know, everything I do at this point is try to make sure they straight and um and now i gotta make sure you know my little ones you know up around your way make sure that they are taken care of so i'm getting a lot of things in place putting a lot of things in order but everything gotta be in order you know before big moves can be made that that is that is the thing definitely and that's the the vibe that i've been on just like order just trying to get things in order um as y'all know it is uh, the date of this recording is September 25th and the 24th was officially me and wifey's uh, 12th uh, year anniversary. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and celebrate to that. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's been 12 years. Um, and I've just been chilling, honestly, just sitting back and just really trying to, you know, try to get an, uh, uh, another focus, trying to just get things in order as far as how things is going and this, that, and the third. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. KT is up in the building. KT, what is going on, girl? Nothing going on over here. Just chilling. Chilling and working. Alright, well mm-hmm. um I want to apologize because I didn't go to Atlanta and um when I saw the outcome of the of the thing, um I regretted it. I regret I like I should have went. I really should have went. Um mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it's just like uh you know, I, it's, it's just a lot of reflecting. Things happened. Uh, I wasn't able to go. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, is this a sign where, you know, I, I have my hand in a lot of different things. And, you know, I'm I'm good at things. But as we, you know, touched on, you know, it's like, am, am I being good at a lot of things, but not great at one thing? And let's just see where do I want to invest you know time effort energy and this that and the third and um you know it's it's hard trying to figure out what do i want to to prune but it's a process that i really do want to want to get to um and 
yeah, that's it. I only have maybe like one topic. I told you guys the topic, but you know, a lot of things has been happening over the week. Uh, the main buzz is happening right now is everybody hates Dion, and I just find it, I I find it interesting to watch the the journey that Dion Sanders is on. Prime prime time up there at Colorado University, and um, they took their first loss over the weekend. It was it was a it was a nice spanking. A, to, you know, no, 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 no. That, that must have been my buzzer when you said that. They didn't take their first loss. They took their first beat down. Even he said a good old fashioned yes. butt whooping. You know what I mean? And um and chiming in on that a little bit, I look at it like you can't take nothing from what he's doing. He's still positive, he's still encouraging, he's telling you mm-hmm. we already won more games than they won last year. You know what I mean? And we beat a team that yep. was top five, TCU. You know what I'm saying? Y'all had us getting beat TCU. Y'all yep. had us getting beat Nebraska. So we already exceeded your expectations. This game, even I, being a football guru, I said, um, I looked at my guy, but I said, hey, they're going to get beat this game. He's like, why? I said, because it's something different about the line. The line is not going to allow them to win this game. So it didn't have nothing to do with the quarterback, running backs, receivers, DBs. Mm-hmm. But that line got punished. And – Hands down, if you ain't got no line, you're going to get your behind whooped. And that's exactly what happened. They yep. ran up and down the field like like it wasn't nothing. I was like, man, they look like Chris Chargers out there, you know, put, putting up big boy numbers. And they really <laughs> caught the dogs off because they did not have to let Colorado score at all. I looked at it like, okay, they got their 40-plus. Okay, yep. let me see what they do. Four or five minutes of they let them, they let them come off the field. And it was like, hey, bump it. We'll let y'all get something. But they could have kept that goose egg up there. I mean, Shadour's good. Um, I like what Dion is doing, what he's um, implementing up there. Um, very positive. I would even have my son go play for him just for the influence. But, yeah, I mean, that was something that yep. was inevitable as far as the game. But even he said himself, we weren't prepared. And I, I feel like his verbiage on the things that he say and his thought process of staying positive and keeping God first, no interviewer can ever – hit him with a jab because he's answered all the questions before they answered. Yeah, we was trash tonight. Offense and defense. We weren't no good. We gotta do better. We're gonna correct these things. So, you know, they got a, they got some more challenges. I wanna see what happens on the next game after this game. So I find it interesting because one, I wasn't surprised that they lost because you know, if you really look into the team, you know, okay, there's a lot of hype around it, but right. it's it's prime time, so it, it, that just follows him. But uh, looking at the team, you know, even he said in one interview, he said we're about seven, eight, maybe nine dogs away from really being a serious type team, and I, a lot of people will point to that line that you know. Um, because if you don't have a good solid line, then you would be in trouble. They, I think they mentioned that Shador has been sacked or put on the ground like the, the mm-hmm. second most or, or the most like in, in college football right now. Right. Um. And so, you know, it, it's it, it's telling, but at the same time, this is a first year coach at a college. But I take notice to the narrative that is being put against people who want Dion to fail and it's mm. a trope that we see in our community far too often now right. he doesn't take shots at people he doesn't talk trash about people he just comes he's confident 
works hard. He inspires the a a the epitome of a class act. But if you hear these people and the way they talk about him, you would think he was the exact opposite of that. Oh, he's right. an egomaniac. He makes it all about him. Oh, he's Hollywood. He's this. He's that. The pregame speech that the Oregon coach gave to his team before they took the field. Oh, they're, they're doing it for clicks. We're doing it for wins. Oh, it's all about substance. They don't have substance. Oh, we do our talking on the field and da-da-da-da-da. Now, I don't have any problem with a coach firing up his team. You know, basically he did his job. It was to make the 21-point favorite Oregon feel like the underdog. So I get it. But at the same time, there's a narrative there. All of them have are, are playing into, even those who are in the comments. Like you go through Twitter. And again, I, I hang around Twitter a lot these days, or X rather. And I just feel like you find people for who they really are. And a lot of comments were saying, oh, what Oregon is doing is he's Oregon is speaking for all of us or Oregon's taking a stand for all of us. This is how we all feel and blase, blase, blase with the, the type of beating that Colorado took. But Dion said it himself. He said, they're not trying to beat Colorado. They're trying to beat me. And why that is and why people feel like they should unite against Deion said, you know, he's done nothing wrong, but inspire and bring excitement to college football that hasn't been around in quite some time. Right. Honestly, it's just the old adage, shut up and dribble, know your place. Right. You should humble yourself. You shouldn't be so ostentatious and you you, you, you know what? You're being a little too uppity. I'll just go ahead and say it. I'll just go ahead and take it there. Because that's the narrative, everyone. When I, I read all these comments from all these people, and the underlying theme to all of it is you being too uppity. You just too uppity. And we should knock you down a peg because you being too, even though he says he does nothing but upstanding things for the, the kids that he's coaching, the, and no type of scandals, no behavior issues. He's just a confident black man. And they don't like that. Nah. They don't like that. So, you know, and for me, you know, I'm a ride. I, I ain't watched college football in God knows how long, but I, I watched these last four games. I watched every last one of them. I watched every last one of them to right. the point where it's like, oh, I'm starting to understand football now. <laughs> I'm, st I'm starting to understand football. <laughs> even though, I'm even a though, basketball even though dude, we needed you, like, though. Oh, even oh, though we needed you, yeah. we needed you out there. The athlete, come on now, yeah. ain't no way. Yeah, ain't no way. Yeah. I was like, yo, yeah, if, you if, right. If we had, if we had Puff out here, if, if I could do it again, if I could do it again, I would have gotten out there just, just for the experience. But I, I had my hoop dreams. I'm like, mm. why, why y'all doing y'all thing? I'm literally in light oak on that concrete court running my own drills and you know I'm, i was setting up my own my own drills and workouts and stuff because i'm like i'm trying to be the best basketball today i'm not that interested in football they got football there i'll i'll go to these games i'll support them but 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 nah i should have put it up but that's about it i mean kt was there is there anything you wanted to to say about Dion? anything you noticed about you know this this um, I don't want to call it a fiasco because not a fiasco, but this, the hype that's around Dion right now. At this point, haters gonna hate. You know what I mean? 
It don't matter what you do. And there's so much hate, though. So much hate. And yeah, like, and it's pointless. It's like, hate, hate, hate. you're not stopping nothing. Hmm. I don't know what you think you're doing. You're not ruining nothing. You're not stopping nothing. All you're doing is talking. And that's it. That's, that's just crazy. I'll, I'll end it like this. Dion said, um, do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity. That's right. the bar. Do not allow my confidence to offend your insecurity. And every time you see these coaches from Colorado State to Oregon and to everyone else, even to the report that uh, Keyshawn Johnson said that, oh, there's other coaches, like schools are banding together to help one another with game plan, information, this, that, and the third, to beat Dion. Like, schools are literally teaming up, allying behind the scenes to see that Dion Sanders fail. And the only thing see, I that, see when I saw that report, and he's like... No, nah, I mean, you know, I, I look at it like, you know, everything that he said, because, you know, that's a speak life moment. He said, when I walk in a room, people are threatened. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, you have to check yourself when I come in the room. He said, you ever been somewhere, you had a suit on, somebody else got a suit on? You look at them and then you check yourself? He said, no matter what I do, when I walk in the room, the presence. I said, whoa, you know, I took it as a sermon type thing. You know, you got to be able to see that somebody got a vibe about them. You know, when, oh, he Dante, preaches. Creo, when Dante Creator walks in these rooms, yeah. When you walk into these rooms, when you go on a battle or whatever it may be, they're like, Dante Credo here? Dang. They go into the bathroom extra. Trust me, I was a part of this. They go to the bathroom, go to the car, get a little bit extra study time because they got to make sure they on point. And they still, they still, yeah. you know, they still choke. But it's just one of those times where it's like, wow. Because, like you said, you know, somebody's confidence shouldn't make you that insecure. Look, this ain't got nothing to do with you. And he says this. We ain't worried about y'all. This is the confidence mm-hmm. we have in ourselves. And as men, being able to be confident within yourself because, you know, a lot of men have underlying insecurities that the world and especially black men, the world and black women put on them. And I'm saying that because black men come from black women, but you know, it's a lot of women not encouraging mm-hmm. men the way they should be in that type of light to make them feel encouraged the way where they could feel um, empowered, where they could feel manly. And I know a lot of women be like, Oh, well, I don't need that. I don't need to stroke their ego. You're right. But allow that man to be a man too. So um, as far as Dion go, you know, yeah, you know, I, I like that the type of aura that he, the vibe that he's bringing. Because if he's a threat to the entire <laughs> collective state of college collegiate football, hey, then he's winning. He's winning, and that's one reason why a lot of y'all um, top-notch prospect and um, numerated teams, you're gonna lose your players just because they want that confidence. Because you only as great as your um, superior. So if I got a coach like that, if we had coaches like that, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Like, the sky's the limit as far as what all we would have been. Mentally. All I'm saying, if they are not careful and they mm. continue with this type of hate and stuff like this, they're going to turn Colorado to an HBCU. They better be careful. They better be careful. All kinds of niggas up in Colorado. <laughs> right, right. And all On the slopes yep. and everything, honey. Yep. 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 <laughs> you going to see some niggas skiing? <laughs> Hiking yeah. in the trails? Snow- <laughs> Snowboard, you know you're gonna be seeing seeing us at the X game. Y'all better stop playing. What? Y'all Ooh, better let saying? Dion live. 
you, who, 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 what you talking about? We're already on the box set team now. Better let them live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen. Now, speak, speaking of let them live, I, I want to give a, a quick get well soon and thoughts and prayers to Crazy Bone. Uh, he's in the hospital. He's fighting for his life. Uh, they, they haven't disclosed what the issue is. I tried to read a couple articles. They haven't disclosed why he's there, but it said he's reported. It's been reported that he's fighting for his life. So definitely thoughts and prayers to uh, Crazy Bone. And y- y'all know for those who's listening and even us here, you know what Bone Thugs mean to us. So um, just get well soon. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, to crazy bone um because i would not want to be referring to the most iconic song dang near in hip-hop to to a tragic situation like this so uh Mm. get well soon to crazy bone um as we stay in the hip-hop did y'all see the thing with joe biden was uh honoring ll cool j and he completely (laughs) butchered his name (laughs) did did y'all see that (laughs) he called him ll cool l (laughs) j he gave him every acronym in the book except what he was supposed to give all right so we're going to go ahead and play this little clip of uh sleepy joe and his uh giving of flowers to ll cool l j and and that boy and stuff like this. We'll, we'll laugh a little bit, then we'll get on into the main topic. The two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, by the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been. And MC Light, both of you, thank you. Because they're both have the light off on the mic, you know, you're. Uh, you're all here to listen to the new edition. Mike Bibbins, 40 years producing music that lifts our soul. All right. So have you even yeah. listened to a Mike? Do you know a Michael Bibbins song, sir? What what where was Vice President at to tell him that? She should have been the one doing that. Yeah, the vice president should have been the one doing that. Well, I well, she she's busy dancing at staged cookouts. You know, it's <laughs> it's uh campaign season's coming up, so she need to Pop back out and be like, "All right, now go go out there and do what like you do." She, she with the people, yep, for so, a little bit. Yeah, so she wasn't there. She was staging another cookout to do a two step to to Q tip surviving thing. <laughs> um, but that was <laughs> funny. Now the the outrage that I thought was funny. Yeah, it wasn't the fact that he butchered the name. It's the fact that he was like that boy. Uh, you know. Said that boy, day. and oh mm-hmm. no, the racist! He called the black man a boy, and and, and you know, yeah, he, and, he changed that real quick. That boy, yeah. uh, the the man has yeah. biceps, biceps bigger okay. than my thigh, you know. And I was like, I didn't. Under, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I I think people are reaching honestly because it's like when we be when we talk. They'd be like, oh, that boy bad. Oh, that that boy da 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 da. But I get it. Right. This is a old white man, and and he can't say that boy when it comes to a black. But I understood the context in which he was saying it. It wasn't derogatory or meant to be racist in any way. But you know that's how they took it. And oh my God, he's mm-hmm. racist and conservatives are like, eating it up. He called LL Cool J a boy, and I was like, okay. 
like, now y'all want to acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> now y'all want to acknowledge racism and, and and the different cues and social stuff or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but when, Donald Trump is not racist, though. No, of course. Of course not. All you got to do is just post a picture with Snoop Dogg. He took a picture with Snoop Dogg and P. Diddy. And Jesse Jackson can't be racist. <laughs> Look at that. If, he, if he's not, if he's racist, why would he take a picture with black people? Like, he likes Kanye. The same reason Donald Sterling would on the yeah. It's, like, it, it's it's funny. It's funny, but I, I I'm really am getting away. <clears throat> I'm really am getting away from the point of just. I don't care. I keep hinting at it and keep like flirting with that line, but I think I'm just ready to cross it because honestly, I'm I'm just tired of spending my time uh, debating and blah 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 about white people. If I'm being honest, like I'm, I am, I would rather spend time and effort just building blackness, like with all of our this, that, and the third, because it's like, we, we can sit here and talk about today. We, we, we should know by now, like we know what it is. We know how they roll. We know the history and the history that they want to cover up and simultaneously protect, so they can continue to do things you know, in a particular way. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't care to talk about white people. I don't care. You are what you are. Um, and if you are what you are, cool. It don't matter to me. I'm, I'm focused on me and mine. Um, so that's, that's just it. But all right, look, as, as I've been kind of sitting, sitting around, just trying to think about how can I, you know, just figure out what I need to do. And, you know, I have a nice little list of things uh, it's probably about four or five things that like I really want to, you know, devote myself and time to do. Um, and then as I sat there and just pondered it, I was dealing with this resistance, if you will. It's like, you know, I really don't want to do this. I think I'll just rather chill. You know what I'm saying? So I was uh, listening to, you know, some motivational people. I don't even know who most of these people are. It's just like a little the algorithm feeds it to me now. Just I try to filter out your less shade rooms and spiritual words and TMZs and, and more just stuff that edifies and builds and stuff like that. Cause like I'm, I'm us as a community, we are very much in, entranced, entranced in the particular culture that all it does is just stir up drama and, and degeneracy. But that's another topic. Um, I wanted to ask y'all this as far as your particular lives, as far as how do you guys uh, clear the haze when it comes to goals and this, that, and the third. So I, I heard this excerpt and I wanted to give it to you guys. I want to get your reaction um, because I'm sure to some degree where everyone has experienced this, you know, it was like you encourage yourself to do something uh, you technically might not want to do, whether it's, you know, find an extra side hustle, go to the gym or, or whatever the goal may be. It's something that you know that you should do. You need to do, you know, that it will benefit you in the long run. But at the same time, you just like, I just don't feel like doing it. You have this, like this internal resistance that you may not want to do, or you'll find a way to not do what you know is good for you. That's a Bible verse, but I ain't going to get too deep in it. Um, you may procrastinate. You may minimize its importance. You may justify why you don't have to or why you just shouldn't do it. Um, 
And I just wanted to ask, uh, I'll start with you, KT, if, if, if I'm making sense, because I'm just like, just thinking like, what are ways that you may one struggle with this? Say I have goals and this is how I struggle with it or, and, or, you know, how do you kind of clear that resistance, clear the haze, if you will, from your mind where it's like, uh, I know what I have to do or what I want to do. It may be hard. It may be difficult. Or I may just not want to do it because I just don't feel like doing it. I'm tired. These people getting on my nerves. The world is getting on my nerves right now. I just want to sit down, chill, do nothing, have me a drink and just do nothing. Just leave me alone. But there's something that I need to do. Like what, what is the process or what do you think about when it comes to like setting these goals in motion and, and doing that, which you may not feel like you want to do? That making sense? Um, it makes perfect sense. Um, but this is a touchy subject for me. Um, one that uh, every time I tend to discuss it, I end up getting emotional. But um, yeah, I don't know how to clear the haze. I ain't figured that out yet. If I'm being honest, um, most of the time with me, if I'm being honest, I will set a goal, say that there's something that I want to do and I jump in, I go all in because if I think about it too much, I won't do it. Um, but somewhere between starting and arriving where I want to go, life always throws me some things and I lose, I lose trust in myself to, to finish or to reach the goal, or I start doubting that I'm capable of reaching the goal. Um, and part of that is, you know, something else that we will not name because I don't want to give it too much power, but you know, it's something that I go back and forth with all the time. Um, I think the thing that I have been most consistent with, the one thing, one thing that I'm good at, that I've been most consistent with um, lately, I should say, um, like over the last few years, <laughs> is these. I can do them, but, and I like doing it. I think for me, it's not really a goal of wanting to do other people's nails because I don't like people that much. And, you know, I already deal with the public um, all day long and dealing with people not wanting to pay for the work that I have to put into doing stuff like what I'm actually doing on my nails. Um, I don't feel like dealing with it. I don't have the energy 
to deal with it. And because um, a lot of people ask me, why don't you do nails? Why don't you open up a shop? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> nope, that's mm -mm. because there are a lot of things that tug on my energy. And as I grow older, I don't have a lot of patience for some of the things that tug on my energy. And I feel like my energy gets drained more easily these days than it used to. I used to be a very patient person. I am not patient anymore. That is not a patient. Patience is not a virtue that I possess much of any, any longer. And I've realized that about myself. And I don't know. I think my lack of patience with myself, for one. Because if I'm not patient with other people, I'm definitely not patient with myself. Because I'm harder on me than I am on anybody else. So I struggle <laughs> with being able to dream, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to dream anymore. I just feel like my energy is just zapped. It's like I can make it through the day doing what I'm doing. I don't have time for dreams. And that's something that I wish would change. Um, I don't know how to get it to change at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I can't even really quiet my mind enough to be able to dream or be able to envision a different life. Um, I, I can't even, I can't even do that right now. I don't know how to do it. I just don't know. I don't know how to get myself to do it again. I used to be so full of dreams and goals and things I wanted to do. And now I'm just like, if I can just make it through this day, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So, so I'm going yeah. to ask you, I'm going to go to Peshaw, then I'm going to come back to ask and see if there is just anything now because i want you to really just kind of ponder just mm -hmm. what could you do or what do you think would need to happen for you to get that motivation to to dream again to do that so ponder on that just like this where i am what can i possibly do or you know it's not necessarily external it's definitely internal just you know how do I see myself? Do I trust myself? Do I have you know, a space to be vulnerable? You know, that type of stuff. So ponder about that. Then I'm going to go to P Shaw and I ask you the same thing. So it was like, you know, how, how are you able to, is that something you struggle with? If so, what do you do to combat that haze of, I have a goal, but then, you know, it seems that I'm my own worst enemy. And the scriptures um, out of James four seventeen. Him that knows to do good and doeth not to him it is sin. And I think um, we all get to those moments where 
I guess I should have went before you because now I got to go. I got to go off, you know, the things that you said because I feel it. You know what I mean? Like now it's like at this age of our life, if you're not in that career, if you're not living the dream, then what now? Um, is it too late? You know, what are we going to do? And my my situation is very difficult. And, um, you know, I've talked about it on here. You know, Puff, you, pre, you know it all. And being able to start a career, like, hands down, you know, first of all, you know, I would think that middle school, high school, the the, the set goal would have been like football, right? Senior year, break my leg. Right. That changed everything. Thank God I had, you know, I, I had good grades. You know, because if it wasn't for that, I probably would not have been in the position I was to play football again because the doctor said I wasn't going to play anymore. doctor said I wasn't going to run anymore. Ha ha, doctor, you lied, you know, because I was able to go to college. Mm -hmm. But partial scholarship was Carolina. Then I got a scholarship at Appalachian State to play football. But that was now we're talking short-term goal because I never really got to do what I wanted to do as far as athletics go after I broke my leg. I never got to really play the position. Or do what I, you know, do what I need to do overall. But, you know, finishing school, okay, that was a goal. Now what's after that? I honestly didn't have anything after that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, you didn't have any. No, because I had an avenue that I wanted to get there. So once school was over with, most people that I went to school with, doing public relations, communication, advertising, monitoring, business, they went to big cities. They in Chicago. They in Miami. They in New York. You know what I mean? They in yeah. big cities. And... It's easy to do marketing in situations like that. It's easy to do mass media and technology on computer and IT work in big cities like that because, you know, it's needed. Now, that's the beginning of the social media time. So if you were to go to school now and come out and do that, oh, yeah, you'll get a job being an influencer like it ain't like it's nothing. And um, like for me, even now, um, I know ministry is my end game because I do it in my sleep. I do it like it's, like it's nothing. It's something that I probably will do until I die. So now I'm thinking financially for the children, you know, um, I want to do better. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, yes. look, I do a lot for you all, but I want to do more for you all. Um, let me know when the grades are. It's it's hard when you're dealing with different personalities um, on their end because we're a team. And sometimes offense and defense don't want to work together. And I'm like, look, if I'm on offense, you on offense, uh, I'm on defense, you on defense, it doesn't matter. Our goal is still to win the game. Our goal is to set them up to win. And it's very difficult for me when, you know, it's a rebuttal on every situation. If it's not your idea, right. it don't work. What you mean? Well, you're a daddy, but if if I can't do it, if I don't come up with it, then, you know, I don't really want you to do it. Like, that makes no sense because – I'm I'm here to help them. I want them to be better than I am. I found um a, something that I wrote down for Prince when he was young, right when he was born. I put a post up and my mom was showing me. She was like, you said this years ago. I said, he would be better than me in every way. And I mean that, you know, so I'm going to be hard on my kids because I don't want them to be like mommy and daddy. So like now I, I gave myself a year. I said I, in my head. It's not necessarily a short-term goal, but I want to be in a position where I'm saying this is it because I don't want to be 65, 70, and it's, it's like that, 65, 70, working a job for somebody, and I don't even want to be there. I don't really don't want to do it when I'm 50-something, but I'm just saying right. in general. Um, I never drew unemployment, so my Social Security stuff is going to be straight. 
even when I don't have a job, the times where I didn't have a job, it's like, no, nah, I'm not getting unemployment. I'll go find money under the table before I touch that because I know in the long run, that's where my money and my benefits going to come from. So, um, so KT, I, I, I feel you. Um, sometimes being in the house by myself, when the kids are not here, that sense of loneliness, it, it, it rubs on my shoulder a little bit. And that weight just pushed me down a little bit more because I'm like, look, I know I can do better. I know I can do better. But the thing about it is having opportunities to do better because, you know, you got a lot of jobs that don't, they want you to be, they want you to be seven year background free. And it's crazy because sometimes I was like, man, you, you want to wait seven years? I was like, nah, I didn't want to be at wait one. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, in this, in the upstate area, you know, you got, a, I got a lot of jobs telling me, well, just wait till January, February. I'm like, what about now though? You know what I mean? What about now? Right. But, you know, I do so well at interviews. Um, even when they look at my background, they're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. They're like, you want to talk about it? And they're looking at everything in its totality. They're looking at all the evidence and everything, and they're talking to me one-on-one. And they say, all right, well, we want to give you the job. At one point, I had six jobs, but I had to pick one. Then I picked one. Then the contract ran out. I'm like, I could have picked one of the other five. Yeah. You know? So it's it's one of those difficult times. I mean, even now, like since we're, since we're talking about it, I was working a job recently, two weeks, um, $23 an hour. Two weeks, the woman called me and say, hey, this is difficult. So I talked to the plant manager. I talked to the plant supervisor. And um, they want me to ask you if you can wait until January. And they're going to give you a dollar and 50 increase if you wait till January. I was like, why? They was like, because they don't have anybody there at all with a background. I was like, what it got to do with me? I'm already here. It's like, exactly. Right. If you were to stay and get your hours, this is what they said to me. If you were to stay and get your hours, when it came time for you to get hired, they would have to fire you. I was like, wow. I wanted to say, wait until that time comes and then then let me get released. And then we'll go from there. But um, but they, they've, been, they've been very loving. So, you know, I, I thank God to have people like that, that have a sense of of who God is and have a sense of second chances and understand that don't this between me and them is one choice. So being put in position to do more ministry. I've been doing outreach every weekend. This shirt is actually one of them. Um, mm -hmm. So I thank God for that outlet because regardless of where I am, I don't really want to take from what I'm doing. I don't want to give things more time than I'm giving God. And I realize that now, you know, we'll go work that nine to five or that 10 hour, that 12 hour shift, but then um, can't really give our kids the time that we need, you know? We can't really give ourselves the times that we need to be encouraged. And it's hard. KT, it's hard now. You know, and um, only God knows what we're really going through. Well, we're working. Dante, you know, we're working jobs that we have to do. Not because we want to do it, but because we have to do it for the sake of being there for the family and take care of the family. Um, right. you, you have your job, but you're home every night. You know what I mean? To be able to put your, beds to, your, your kids to bed. So, you know. You know, me, I'm in a position about like KT. A decision has to be made in a couple of months. A decision has to be made before I hit for next July because I don't want to go past that. So I have a short-term goal, and that's get to that final career. And that's why I'm in school and stuff now. Get to that final career to where, you know, this is it. You know, so that's why I am. So KT, if you can real quickly, can can you think of things or maybe a plan or an idea just – how can I claw myself at least take that one step? Cause it's sometimes for me, 
I tend to be so focused on the big picture that I lose myself in the process to where, you know, I, I need to break things down to where, okay, this is my goal. Let me break that goal up into 20 different small victories, 20 different small steps. And then not let me just focus on making this one step here. And then once I manage to struggle my way to making that one little step, let me figure out how to take another one little step. And that's kind of how, and that's a very recent thing for me that I'm looking at now because, you know, I, I look at the grand picture that I'm like, I don't seem to be any closer to it. But of course, we've seen the the path to success illustrations where it isn't a straight line. It's the most chicken scratch looking line thing that you can ever think of. But it's like, you know, is there anything that you've been able to think of in the last you know, few minutes of what you think you should, you should do, start doing, or at least have an idea of doing? No, not really. Not really. In Any idea? Just... There's anything. It's like maybe I, I need to not be so hard on myself, or maybe you know I need to listen to my thoughts. Maybe I need to establish some boundaries for myself, or maybe I actually need to have compassion for myself and oh. understand that you know life has been lifing, and there was some. Some things I could take responsibility and be accountable for and other things is just life being life. But here I am. So what, you know, it's, it's okay. Things are okay. If if you truly believe that you, know, you tried your best in these things, it just didn't work out. It, was, it just didn't work out. It's okay. It's okay. But now we are here. What can we do to get to that next goal? What is the goal? And, if that's the goal, then what's that first little minute step to take towards that goal? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I mean, I mean, you said it. You know what I mean? Like, um, every step is a victory. You know, um, I tell my son every morning. You know, make sure you say your prayers and make up your bed. That's the first victory of the day. Make up your bed. I don't care what you do. What you doing? Don't you know? Make up your bed. So, you know, um, it's hard at times when time don't permit you don't it's only 24 hours in the day so even when you calculate it up I, I can't drive around to 10 different places and check them out i'm doing i'm planning on doing that tomorrow because i already said in my head all right six o'clock in the morning i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna be there when this place open up one because i got jobs pending um, one is a good bit of money it's just it's just too far and i'm not trying to drive 45 minutes in the same city i'm already in that's crazy but um but I, but I, but I think you know being sure. Um, one thing I've thought about and I prayed about it. Um, it's a weekend job. KT, check it out now. Weekend job in Simpsonville. It's just on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, forty dollars an hour. I said, mm. I said, I, I said, but I do ministry on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, would I sacrifice that? So I talked to the kids about it. Prayed to me. My son prayed about it. Talked to my talked to my moms about it. And I was like, all right. So me and the kids talked about it again because I would miss I would miss time out with them 
if I were to do that because the only time I see him is on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every other week. And I was like, Ugh, I got off at six, but is that enough time to really be the father that I need to be? So I'm really allowing God to really speak to me even today um, in regards to making that decision because I wouldn't do it for long. I definitely couldn't do it, you know, for a long period of time because I'm a, I'm a full-time father. I ain't one of the part-time fathers. And, um, but I, but I think overall being able to stay positive, stay encouraged, because if I listen to myself, my own thoughts, then giving up is way easier. Right. KT it's easy to say, nah, I ain't want to do that. It's easy to say, nah, you know what I mean? Like I've been in dark places where I can say it was easier to just take my own life than it is to live life. I was at my mind. If I listen to myself, it's easier to give up. But then when I think about, I think I spoke about this before. When I think about what's at the end of the finish line, when I think about people waiting on daddy or they want Minister Shaw to be great, to do great, be great, to speak life, give life. They want me to do that. And they're very encouraging. You know, even you, you know, it's like, look at all the people you would be giving up if you were to say, I'm done. Um, exactly. The amount of people that are counting on you to the point that where you have to go through these storms in life to really see your foundation to really see who's going to stand firm with you, who, to really see who's going to be that Proverbs 17, 17 friend that I say that you are Rafi, you know, a, a, a friend loves at all time. My brother was born for adversity. Are you really going to have those type of friends in your life? Because one thing I do know, um, even here, if I had to pick a team, I'm going to win. But sometimes the team picks you and you take some losses. So I think now that it, let me be coached. But, but Minister Shaw, you, you may not be the best person on that basketball team, but let me pick the team. Because even Jesus picked his team. He picked his team to win. Oh, what about Judas? Judas had a purpose. Judas was Dennis Rodman. Go go do your, <laughs> do, go do your thing. But we're going to win. And um, I think a lot of times even our circle is our circle because of circumstances. Not because we picked them. This is facts. These are true stories. Not because we picked them, but because they was there. Um, it was convenient for you to be there because middle school, elementary school, high school, whatever, you may not be going through things. So you may not see things in its totality. Now, when you get to college, you start to go through things, but you're still learning. So now when you get older, now you're married, now you're having kids, you're like, wow, now everybody got their own life. But when we come together, our lives may not match up. But only when there's an adversity will hit, will somebody have to say, well, yeah, you got you to gotta pick something because we get to that point of forgetting that I was there for you at one point or you was there for me at one point. But now that we really got some issues going on as adults, adulting is very difficult. But one of my favorite songs, Sunny Days, everybody love them. But can you stand the rain? And can, um, you stand this, the rain? can you stand the rain? And this point in my life in this season, um, if you don't have an umbrella, then I can't, I can't rock with you. And I have to say that same thing to myself because I got a little bit more fight in me. So I'm not really give up on myself and I'm definitely not going to give up on my kids. So, you know, every step, every day is a, it, getting through every day, Dante, is a victory. So, you know, I thank God for giving me that much strength. Someone said this is a credit to podcaster Luke Rickson. Um, Words to Myself podcast, I believe is the name, but uh, I saw a little clip and it said, you suffer more from the resistance of the thing than actually going through the thing. 
And that really spoke to me. And I was like, you know, that that's, that's part of clearing the haze. It's like, well, it's too hard. It's too late. I felt too many times. Um, it's just not worth it anymore. I'm tired. I'm hurt. You know, just whatever the case may be, that will cause us more suffering than actually going through it. It may be that, you know, and I, I, I think about that a lot because those, those thoughts that both of you have, have shared has definitely been prevalent with me just trying to seem like whatever I try, I put my all into it and then I'm still flat on my face. And it's like, things look good. It looks good. You know, I'm, I'm not crazy out here in these streets, but you know, you know, when there's something inside of you and, and it is literally eating you alive and you get to a point where it's like, well, there is, you're hopeless. Basically you lose hope you lose because like, what's, what's the point? What's the point? I've, I've tried. I really have tried, but nothing. And then it's like, and who can understand this? Who can understand this tug that I have? Like, who can understand this? And, you know, even if you try to convey it to someone, they just don't get it. They they, they don't get the dream. They don't get the passion for it. Uh, so they don't respond that way or, or it's easy for them to dismiss you. But I'll just say this, just for those listening, just it suffers. You will suffer more from the resistance of it, from not, or trying to talk your way or justify your way of not still taking one <clears throat> step forward. Right. Then actually taking one step forward. So you know, just something for you guys to think about. And, and yeah, so I hope you guys were able to glean or hear our hearts a little bit and also just, just pick up something from it because you know, I, even though it is an individual battle, it is also something that we all are going through, you know, at some scale or some spectrum type of things. So I just want to encourage everybody to just take a step forward, but it's, it's going to, for me, just a lot of soul searching, just a lot of hold the mirror up to yourself and, and be honest with what you see and be honest with, you know, how much of me that is causing or has caused what I am seeing in this reflection. And then right. once I come to that, that realization, once I've come to, you know, terms to accept, this is my current state. Now, what do I need to do to change it? This is my goal. And if this is the goal, well, what's the first step to that goal? Now we'll only focus on that one step to this goal. If I want to lose, and this is the most candid if I want to lose 30 to 35 pounds, what do I need to do? I need to look at the goal is that, but the first step is, all right, let's look at the things that I eat and let's just tackle this one thing. And once I get that, then, then maybe we'll, we'll look at uh, either the gym or home workouts, but for, I'll handle all that. Once I get this very first step with, okay, what am I eating? You know, so and, and I'm not saying this is, you know, concrete law, but just this is how 
I would suggest that you guys would just try to strategize and and categorize these goals of yours. Let's let's try to break them down because you know not to get too too spiritual and with with y'all, but you know we come from Word of God Fellowship. You know what I'm saying, KT? We come from Bishop Summerfield, but. He always says, if if something seems too big for you, then that's exactly what God has for you. If it seems too big to do, if it seems too big to accomplish, if it seems like, well, how in the world am I even going to even start doing something like this dream that I have in my heart, then that's exactly what was for you. So you got to break it. You got to break it down, break it down. Um, a really corny joke, and I'm going to end here because you know me, I love dad jokes. I love dad jokes. Um, and the joke is, how did the mouse eat the elephant? One bite at a time. All right, everybody. So we're going to just get up out of here. <laughs> we're going to get up out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but those are bars, though, man. Those are bars. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> one bite at a time. You know what I'm saying? All right. Listen, we appreciate y'all checking us out, man. This is episode 128 of the Talk About Credo podcast. Your boy Dante Credo here with his fam, P. Shaw in the building. Speak life, gift life. KT up in the building. I'm a the, the honorable Ashanti tribe. Singer, singer, world traveler. Been around the world and I, I, I. You know what I'm saying? All right, listen, man. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out! Are you clicking over there? I don't think they click in the Ashanti tribe. I don't think they do that. They do not. Katie the roll her eyes playing. and everything. We, we, we ain't playing. No, no, we not playing like that. No, I'm joking. All right, listen, man. We appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, uh, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with everybody. Share it, please. Share it helps us out tremendously. Uh, leave us a review let us know what you think about the podcast so on and so forth and until next time stay fly stay blessed peace out y'all for real talk and dope conversations to the talk my credo podcast find us on all streaming platforms happening on social media and subscribe to us on youtube and talk